Wing stops doing what they do best, taking flavor to the next level. So when chicken sandwiches only came as spicy and plain, Wing stops said, "Nah, make it 12 flavors. Lemon pepper chicken sandwich, OG hot, mango habanero. You get the picture. Every famous Wing stop flavor. Now on a new Wing stop chicken sandwich. Try all 12 and find your favorite at Wing stop where flavor gets its wings. Huh? B-Pod Studios. Todd is in love. Sarah, I've never felt this way before. But he's about to find out that sometimes when you chase after love... I'm moving to Paris. You've got to step on the gas. Because this isn't your classic holiday rom-com. It's a Nissan event ad. Wait, what? Featuring a powerful performance by Nissan Rogue. Oh, come on, come on. Todd? I'm coming with you. Get a low $1.99 per month lease on Altima. Get your heart racing at Nissan's Thrill of the Drive event. Availability is limited. Shop at your local Nissan store or at NissanUSA.com. Don't let true love or these offers slip away. For well-qualified customers subject to NMAC credit approval, take from new dealer stock. See dealer for financing details. 24-24 initial payment for 18 months on 2023 Altima. Excludes tax title, license, and $650 acquisition fee. Disposition fee due at lease end. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer details. Ends 1-3-23. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated, archaic. Oh, it is. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. Felger and Mass, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub. Mac was horrendous yesterday, but I will say this. Doesn't that all come back? At least in my mind, it comes back to coaching. Like, he's not being hold these freaking guys' hands, though. To me, Trent, if he is going to turn around and point his finger at the sideline and tell him to get the flip out of here last week and everything else, you cannot possibly have a right to the next week have that litany of mistakes from the two. That is uh, you, you better be pristine if you're going to yell. And I'm fine with the yelling, but be pristine with your own work. I think what Trenny's saying, though, is, it is it's impossible to divorce the player and his performance from the coaching that he gets. If, there are, if we could all sit here and say, well, mechanically, it, the three-step drops were actually four-and-a-half-step drops, and he's not doing this with his arm, well, who's his quarterback's coach? Yeah. I mean, you know, who's, that, the, who, that, who's yeah. the guy that's supposed to make sure that he's in rhythm, throw to throw, and staying on top of these things mechanically? Like, he's basically, I think, had a lot of this thrust onto his own shoulders, and you're going to get a performance like and that probably every once in a while. Welcome back. Felger and Maz, 98.5 of Sports Hub, simulcast on NBC Sports Boston, and just heard there from NBC Sports Boston, Tom Curran, Phil Perry. But Curran making it really sound like, to quote Aerosmith, or paraphrase Aerosmith, where, where, Mac looks like a baby. <laughs> Jim Murray, Adam Jones in for Felgrim Mass today, alongside Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. And before we get to the calls, Greg, look, I get you to believe there's more there with this kid. He is certainly, and I agree with this part, like he's been dealt a bad hand with these dummy coaches he's been surrounded by this year. These theatrics have to stop at this point, right? Like, this is the part, I get his frustration, through week 15 like kid you got to stop like it's 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 unbecoming yeah i i completely agree i think that you know for me i thought he crossed the line with the goal line sequence there i thought his his uh emotional volatility there i think it cost the team four points i thought that um you know, I think the sec- I think he was under control. Like you even see, Ramondre Stevenson runs in for one yard, and then you see Mac actually get up. He helps him up with his pads, and and then you know on the second down play, I think it was, you know, he just missed Johnny Smith. He flat out missed him, and I think it, it irritated him a little bit that Tyquan Thornton. And this this drives me absolutely insane watching the Patriots on film this year about the the number of receivers who think they just have all freaking day to run their route. Yeah, like NFL passing offenses are precisely timed the length of the drop, how long you have that, how many steps to get open and 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 turn around, and just that stuff doesn't even come close to happening. Like Tyquan Thornton on that play is pitter pattering his feet, like trying to set up the cornerback and then he's delayed. So now because of that, and this is just a minor thing. And it, again, it did not influence the pass. It still should have been better, but because Tyquan Thornton is taking a sweet ass time running this freaking route. 
Now Mac Jones has to say, well, maybe they're in trap coverage because that cornerback should be should be to the inside if it's man coverage and then it's open. Now because Thornton's taking his time, now I have to worry about is this trap coverage where the cornerback's going to switch and take the deep route. Okay, so now Mac arches it to the back pile in a little bit. He's, he's trying to be too fine than what he normally would be simply because Thornton doesn't run his right route. So that probably irritated him a little bit. Sure. Then they get the third down and Bill calls the timeout. And he says they don't have the right play, even though they scored a touchdown on the right that play. That made no and, sense, and he, by the way. Bill lied again. He's lied all year in his press conferences. The Mac Jones doesn't have the arm for it. Lie. Just complete lie. Earlier in the game, he threw 50 yards flat-footed off a pump fake to Nelson Aguilar. That play was 50 yards in the air. Well, he needs to go 55. Yes, but on the final play, you would run into it. Well, right, but he also, I mean, you got to get all the way to that line of scrimmage for 50. I mean, it's close. I don't think he's got the strongest arm, but I hear what you're saying. Bill's been lying. He lied. He lied about that. That, like, you know, uh, well, it, it, basically he said that the whistle affected the defense on the play. Wrong. Like, you could barely hear it. They didn't stop. They didn't right. stop on defense. Right. They scored a touchdown. So Bill screwed that up. Instead of owning that and saying, yeah, that was my fault. I, I didn't think we were going to get it off. My bad. And, you know, just like the, the Hail Mary decision, he's protecting Patricia that he called that, that they didn't that they didn't throw the Hail Mary or whatever, do something better. You think he's protecting Patricia and not himself? Because my, my theory... Both. And, okay, because... Right, I, I, I mean, the same people. I think that's why he's been lashing out. And Felger made this point to me yesterday. He said, well, he's been doing it all year. He's been lashing mm-hmm. out all year. True. I think it's gotten worse. Like, questioning Max arm strength or lying about Max arm... Like, I think it's gotten worse and more exaggerated because I think he's feeling the heat more and more. Maybe it's defense of Patricia. Maybe it's defense of himself. Maybe it's all one and the same, but I, I, I think that's why he's doing it. Right. And so, you know, Mac is so now there's the timeout and he throws a nutty off of that. He's, you know, he goes over to the sideline and he's, the coaches are trying to talk to him about the next play and, he and he's gesturing yeah. and they have to basically bring him back and Bill says something to him which I hope would be akin to calm the F down. We're playing football here, like be a grown-up. That's what he should have said to Mac Jones there. It didn't look like he did that because he still continued to be amped up. And so they get out there, and because Mac's all amped up and his adrenaline's pumping because he's being a big baby, he forgets to wait until Johnny Smith is set, and they false start on the QB sneak. And then he cries again. Like me, if I'm a coach of that team... I, I would have benched Mac Jones at halftime. It has nothing to do with Bailey Zappi Jones. So I don't want to hear it. No, no, no. I don't want to hear about Bailey Zappi. Welcome to Team Zappi. Oh, I'm, happy, I'm happy you're finally <laughs> over here. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I would have, just for that, I would have benched Jones. So the thing, but the thing is, Bill has put himself into such a hole with these coaching decisions that now he can't get out of it. Now he, so if he benches Jones, what do you think the rest of the guys are going to do? And, you know, the the guys who know, and I keep hearing from more and more people, they're like, you know, and I asked about these certain plays or what the Patriots are doing, and they're just like, they're not being coached at all. They're not getting any coaching, and they all know it. Andrews, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Mac Jones, anybody who knows anything about how the Patriots, how a real offense, NFL offense should function, they've all had it. And so if they bench Jones, which the players will look at, the only reason that's happening is because you, Bill, you screwed the pooch on this. Then what happens? So I think Bill's painted him himself into a corner where he can't really bench Jones at this point. Jonathan Randall, first up here on Felger and Maz on a Big Boy Tuesday today. Hey, Jonathan. Uh, hey, guys. Um, it, It's times like this where I hope there's an afterlife because I want Carlton and Noel to be laughing at the demise <laughs> of Bill Belichick because he's been calling us for years. And, and something I don't understand, and uh, I can't believe that Belichick defenders, Belichick Bobos, are still using the whole, well, this is a worse team without him. This is a 4-1 team, 3-1 team without him, like Jimmy Johnson did. Uh, objectively, he has cost them. When he, he, if there's a wins above replacement stat for coaching, he, he's probably cost them three wins, not gained them three wins. And I understand the schedule last year was different. They played a bunch of injured teams. Okay, they were 10-7. and seven. They're likely to go 7-10 and 10 this year, and there's on paper a roster, a better team. So what's the equation? Is it just Bill? No, it's, but it's Bill's friends, and also he was supposed to keep everything under control in line. He failed. I don't get why 
in the autopsy with Kraft after this that supposedly Bill will have some leverage. He, he has no leverage. He's under 500 without Brady well on the path. What does he add? And so thoughts and prayers to Carlton because he was right. Thanks, Jonathan. We'll back this up with Bill and Holliston on the Patriots coaching staff. Hey, Bill. Hi. Uh, I have a question for Greg. Uh, we all know that Patricia is no Jim Bob Cuda, but uh, <laughs> earlier your uh you were talking about the route running of, of the wide receivers, mm-hmm. and you st- sort of stole my thunder when you uh, mentioned in three up, three down about uh, uh, Thornton, Thornton. Tim, uh, Troy Brown. Uh, Troy Brown, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think he's just not getting through to the you know uh, another part of the bad coaching? Thanks, Bill. Yeah. So is Troy Brown? I mean, just some guys just aren't cut out for coaching. So uh, look, I. I don't have enough data to tell you definitively whether whether Troy Brown is a good coach or not. And I really personally I really like Troy. All I can tell you is what's on film. And to me the uh, the precision of the wide receivers in this offense has completely fallen off this season. And that that leads me to believe either it, I don't know if he if Troy Brown's just doing what Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are telling him, but the wide receivers are poorly coached this year, period, point blank. It's all, it's there on film. It's it's not my opinion. Tommy and Lynn, you're next. What's up, boys? This is what I got to say about that game on Sunday. That was the dumbest play that they ever blown. Even the dumbest thing that they did in Miami, the Miami Miracle having Gronk block, and it was even dumber than uh, – uh, Chris Webber called the timeout in the NCAA championship game. You remember that? I Tom do. Jones, you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those those are the three dumbest things that ever happened in sports history. The Patriots blowing this lead, them doing that in Miami, having Gronk block and the, and the Chris Webber uh, timeout. Tommy, I agree wholeheartedly. It's one of the dumbest plays uh, I've ever seen. But it still needs a name. I feel like it doesn't have, like, a label yet. So that's actually going to be part of 10 questions coming up with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. Uh, we'll get to that next here on 98.5 of Sports Hub. Hear that music? It can only mean breakfast bagels are back at McDonald's. Imagine a fluffy egg, two slices of cheese, plus your choice of a steak patty, bacon, or sausage, all in a toasted bagel. That's right, the steak, egg, and cheese bagel, bacon, egg, and cheese bagel, and sausage, egg, and cheese bagels are all back, but only for a limited time at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Every day they work their hardest to give you the best show they can. I think that's rare. It's Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. The world in everything I sing sounds the same. <laughs> I've really lost it for Pearl Jam. But anyway. Is that is that Felger related or is that just uh, on its own? It's uh, from when Wiggy used to do the 10 questions talking about when he was with the Vikings. No, and no, the whole no, 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 no. I mean, you you having a distaste for Pearl Jam. Is it Felger, is it Felger related or is it just on its own? Oh, that's a good question. I might not have to, be, I have to be on the shrink's couch for that. Probably <laughs> in some way, shape, or form, like subconsciously. But I've just, yeah, I, I used to really love them. Now yeah. I'm like, yeah, they're fine. There's just like a subconscious pushback. Yeah, maybe. It's Felger. Come on, Dad. I don't, I don't like what you like. <laughs> I don't want to hear him anymore. Yeah, exactly. Enough with Glorify G. It is Felger and Mass here without Mike and Tony this week on a Big Boy Tuesday. It's time for 10 questions with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. What are the buzzer options? Jay Stu. Uh, these are going to be best of, or oh. maybe not best of, but at least some of my favorites. You guys sound like Adam Jones, dude, and thank goodness I don't listen to his show. Yeah, sure. Matty, he's done a great job. He's one of the most brilliant people I've ever been around in terms of football knowledge. Yeah, right. Yeah, Pinocchio. Do you trust him to do it? No. no. <laughs> Those are always good. Uniform answers. Yeah. Like, I get into the players too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Oh, boy. <laughs> a weird time doing some of those remote broadcasts. Hey, guys, that effing hole upstairs. Does, <laughs> excuse me, I can't say that. <laughs> Sorry. 
Who was that about? I forget. <laughs> uh, last one. It's fun coming up the rear, Murray. It, 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 it just is. It, it's fun coming from way behind. Like getting a kinky there. All right, uh, hit it, Jimmy. Like, I get into the players, too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Oh, boy. <laughs> Question number one. Who's a bubble team in either conference that you would like to see get into the playoffs? Detroit, no question. I mean, they just, one way or the other, whether they triumph or go down in flames, it's going to be must-see TV. Uh, the Lions are the obvious one, and, and I'm rooting for them as well. Give me the Jets. I'd like to see the Jets figure it out and get in the playoffs. They're a bubble team. It'd be hilarious if they're in the playoffs and the Patriots aren't. I had trouble picking who to root for in that game last weekend. Lions, Jets. I ended up rooting Jets, so so I'd root for them on the bubble. For me, it's one of the cat teams, Lions or Jags. Jags. But, are, but the, they're too far out, aren't they? But the Lions, well, no, they could win the division. Like oh, they still, have, point, you know, point, they could yes. get past Tennessee. But the Lions, I'm emotionally invested in them because of the hard knocks thing this summer. And then spite, because Bill, uh, if you didn't think of this, Greg, Giants in, Lions get in. The two dopey coaches who got fired from those teams now here, and now they're playoff teams. Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> All right, next. Oh. Do you trust them to do it? No. no. <laughs> Refs had an awful weekend, as evidenced by the Raiders. Pats game, Vikings, Colts Saturday, Washington, and the Giants Sunday night. How would you hold them accountable for egregious and game-changing calls? I have a new job for Matt Patricia, NFL VP of officiating. I think I think Patricia should go over there. I don't have a real answer for that question. I, it's never going to be right. It's always going to be screwed up. But Why it, not throw Matty P? Okay, but it, but fine. It, it's probably never going to be right, and the refs are going to make mistakes. If they make mistakes, though, I'd sit them the following week. You get taken off the game the following week. You lose a game check, however the refs get paid. I don't know how they get paid. And you definitely don't get to work in the playoffs. An egregious call that's, like, really that bad? And maybe there's a system where you get one strike or two strikes or something like that. But if it's bad enough and it's happened enough times, you sit the following week and you don't get playoff. Games. I mean, that Washington Giants game that night, I mean, that's as clear a DPI you'll ever see. And then McLaurin, like, points at the guy like, hey, I'm set up okay. Yeah, yeah, gets the nod, flag comes out. So polite society no longer allows for tar and feathering, whipping in, in public or, <laughs> you know, throwing tomatoes at him. So I'm with you. Relegation of some sort. You're out. Like, you're not getting playoffs and you're not getting a check. You're out. Question number three, go. Matty, he's done a great job. He's one of the most brilliant people I've ever been around in terms of football knowledge high liar rams were eliminated from playoff contention last night with their loss to the packers will they be a contender again next year or will they go back to being irrelevant losers uh i think they will be at least relevant next year i don't know whether they will be a contender but as long as mcveigh donald and stafford come back they'll be okay but as soon as those guys are gone which could happen this offseason they're toast yeah, I guess I'm assuming their talent is back and, and healthy, which maybe is a dangerous assumption, but I think they're back. McVay's not 70. He's good. His whole team was hurt this year. So, yeah, the Rams will be back. He's not 70. Back <laughs> Yeah, I say, like, back-ish. They're, like, they're going to be like the 2017 Eagles. Like, you're not winning a Super Bowl again in the next yeah, few like, years, but, but they'll like be around. Playoff team. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, sure. I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl, but they'll be back. Next. It's fun coming up the rear, Murray. It it, it, it just is. It, it's fun coming from way behind. So on that note, for the eighteen from the eight for the eighteenth straight year, there is not going to be a repeat Super Bowl champion. So the longest such streak in NFL history. Is this a good thing or a bad thing for the league? Definitely a good thing. I mean, everybody thinks they have a chance and, and you know, so it's great for the league, T V ratings, all that stuff. So I think it's bad. I think parody in theory is good, but you want a villain or a team to root against, or you want familiarity as a fan base. Like, you know, uh, the NBA ratings pale in comparison to the NFL, you know, based on the, the, the sport and the American interest in it. But the highest rated NBA finals were when it was Cavs and Warriors every year, and it's LeBron and Steph Curry and, like, I think the NFL could use some of that. I think they've gone too far in the parody direction. Agree completely. I stand with Jones on this. It's better when there's a villain and a big bad bully. I hated those Cowboys teams. I hated oh. those Broncos teams. And I know everybody hated the Patriots in the early aughts up until pretty much now still. But I think it's better to have that kind of villain. I, uh, there's too much parody in the league now. Next. Hey, guys, that effing hole upstairs. Does, <laughs> excuse me. I can't say that. Sorry. <laughs> He's got to be talking about Bill. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts turns out as a sprained throwing shoulder. Does this injury derail the Eagles Super Bowl hopes, or can Gardner Minshew pull a Nick Folk in 2017 and take him all the way? He'll be fine. He'll be back. But uh, I'm a big Minshew guy. I wanted him here. Yeah, I right. wanted the Patriots, when they drafted Mac. I wanted them to trade for Minshew and bring him in here. And if Mac wasn't ready, he could start. He would be you know, a spunky backup. 
And, I mean, they, they got him for a conditional six-round pick the next year, the Eagles did. The Patriots should have done that deal. Yeah, so I, I like Gardner Minshew, but if Hurts is out, they're screwed. And I, I, I'm with Bedard. I don't have any intel on this, but, like, it doesn't sound like it's a major injury for him. I think he's really good. I, he's who I wanted the Patriots to draft the year after Brady left in the second round. I like Jalen Hurts, so they're, they're screwed without him, I think. And I, and I like Gardner Minshew. Yeah, same. And I've always been a fan, even before he transferred, when he was at Alabama. I just like the kid's moxie. And so this is a bummer. I hope this isn't a long-lasting injury. I hope he comes back. And it's crazy I say anything positive about the Eagles because I mostly hate their fans, and I despise that team. But he's a blast to root well, for. Is, and this was your team in the preseason, right? Didn't, didn't, weren't you on oh, the Oh, yeah, it was, in the preseason? It, it was my bold, uh, bold preseason uh, thing uh, that I put out on Twitter. The Eagles will be in the NFC Championship game. So far, the, so, far so good on that looking one. great. Next. You guys sound like Adam Jones, dude. And thank goodness I don't listen to his show. He listens every oh, night. Sure. Yeah. The Patriots' ridiculously stupid play to end the Raiders game needs a nickname. Examples, butt fumble, the catch, the immaculate reception, so on and so forth. What's your elevator pitch? Okay. I, I have a suggestion. I don't know whether it's going to be good or not. The disasterol. The disasterol. Okay. Disasteral? Okay. We can think. Yeah, because it's like the lateral. Lateral, but it's, but it's a disasterol. Disasterial. I, it. I needed it explained to me, okay. but I get it. The disasterial. Okay, I'm no newspaperman, uh, Bedard, <laughs> but I do. I do love like none the, of us are anymore. I love the Boston Herald approach. You know, like mm-hmm. the uh, the tabloid approach. I went with diarrhea in the desert. That's what I went with. <laughs> like just an absolute evacuation of their bowels at the end of the game. Vegas is in the desert. I know maybe that's more Phoenix than Vegas, but diarrhea in the desert. That's my answer. That's not bad, too. And you're playing to the lowest common denominator, which right. you want to do working nights there, Jones. I yes. get that. I like that. Uh, one of our sales guys actually texted in a good one. Uh, JT, uh, John Taylor, bilateral damage. I don't hate that. That's oh. not that bad. Mine, people will hate this, but I kind of, it's because it's I'm a foodie. The Myers Lemon. You ever heard of a Meyer lemon? It's a kind of a lemon that you can get. No. It's the Meyer's lemon. A lemon's usually a bad car. It's a boner of a car you can buy. Jacoby Meyer's bad lad. I, I can hear the audience booing. It's like, uh, yeah. They're throwing, uh, lemon, throwing lemons at you, yeah. Meyer's Next. Boner. It's fun coming up the rear, Murray. It, it, <laughs> it, it just is. It, it's fun coming from way behind. Those aforementioned Detroit Lions, should Dan Campbell win coach of the year if the Detroit Lions end up making the playoffs? No, it was a disaster of his own doing, so I'm going with Brian Dayball. Okay, but if the Lions get in, yeah. Like, sometimes you just need to take a step back and look at it and go, they're the freaking Lions, they're in the playoffs. Yes, Dan Campbell, and what would they have to win to get in at the end of the year? I am not getting any guy coach of the year award who came into Gillette and wouldn't wouldn't kick field goals. Who cares? It's the Lions. It was a disaster here. Lost, Got shut out by a terrible Patriots team. Brian Dayball made the playoffs with the Giants. They win Super Bowls there. The Lions never make the playoffs. Yes, yes, he should be coach of the year. I say no. I'm ultimately with Bedard, but I go with a different coach. That's Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni. I've been wrong on uh, many things, uh, but one I have complete egg in my face for uh, is Nick Sirianni. When he first got there and did that press conference and came off as like the most nervous idiot and looked in over his head. I'm like, this is going to be a failure. Turns out he knows what he's doing. And that that team looks the way that they do this year, I would go with Nick Sirianni for coach of the year. Next. Like, I get into the players too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Too, Maz. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just falling off a cliff. Best. Oh, it's Bengals week. Who's the biggest tool bag Bengal of all time? Adam Pacman Jones Ooh. is once again in trouble with the law. Good choice. Good choice. I, I had him as a backup because I thought you might say mine, who is Vontez Perfect. Vontez Perfect has to be That's high on one. that list yep. for, you know, being dirty, being an a-hole teammate. So Vontez Perfect. That's who I had. Vontez Perfect, I think, is the biggest tool bag Bengal of all time. And there are many. Another one that I sneaky really couldn't stand at the time was John Kitna. I was never a John Kitna guy. Next. Yeah. You guys sound like Adam Jones, dude. And thank goodness I don't listen to his show. Or tweet at him all the time. So who is your favorite Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengal of all time? On the other. So this goes straight to my childhood. My first memory uh, was Super Bowl 16, Bengals, 49ers, Silverdome, and Chris Collinsworth, the way that he caught passes over his shoulder, I was just mesmerized by He it. was a real lank, right? When he yeah. played like just mm-hmm. all arms. I went with Ocho. Like I, I don't, I don't remember that Super Bowl. I don't remember that incarnation of the Bengals. I liked Ocho Cinco. He stunk here, but he was he was a blast to watch. He was really good. He's my favorite Bengal. He's playing now. He's Baby Brady. He's Joe Burrow. It's studs, stud, and boy, is he gonna rip you a new one on Saturday. <laughs> Final question: Do you trust him to do it? No. no. What is the worst gift 
Santa ever left you as a child? It is the holiday week leading into Christmas. What's the worst gift that Santa Claus ever left for you as a kid? I don't remember Santa ever disappointing me. I'm a big Santa guy, but you know the the sweaters for my grandparents every year. Just in general, I mean that was always clothes were always a bummer as a kid. Yeah, yeah. especially those socks from your like, aunt or something oh. like that. Yeah, the worst. Yeah. Uh, so from Santa, I, I don't remember getting anything that like I couldn't stand. I do remember a Christmas where all I wanted, and I didn't get this. And Jim, I've seen you tweeting things at Chris Gasper in the past, so so help me if you had this as a child. But like the the Ninja Turtle bus with like the flinging pizzas, that's like all I wanted as a kid for uh, for like one Christmas. See, you're younger I, than me. This is past me. I wasn't a, tur- a Ninja Turtle. Oh, you weren't a turtle guy. No. Oh yeah, uh, turtle power all the way. So so I, I wanted the bus with the flinging pizzas. It's all I wanted, and I didn't get it. And in retrospect, that thing must have cost, like, not that much, Santa. So I don't know why you didn't get it for me, Santa, but I couldn't get over it. It's, all the other things I didn't get, I couldn't get past. Or, or all the other things I got, I couldn't get past what I didn't get. It's funny how these things cut deep. You remember it so well. So, yeah, the worst thing that Santa ever left me was a note, essentially an IOU, Christmas of 1983. Oh, no. All that chubby, spoiled Jimmy wanted from Santa was the Knight Rider, Rider talking car. I wanted Kit. <laughs> And apparently, it was tough for Santa to find Kit that year. So after I open everything, I'm like, where's Kit? You mother. And I go to the stocking, Jimmy. Maybe Santa left you something there. All right, Santa, what do you got for me? I feel like that's going to be a big box for the stocking. It's an IOU from Santa saying, hey, you know, I tried, man. Like me and the elves, we were out there working hard. Couldn't get it. But maybe next week for your birthday. Now, granted, it did show up by my birthday a week later on New Year's Eve. But it, it still cut deep. When it's not there Christmas morning, Santa, you tend to remember that. And it, it, it leaves a mark. Yeah. So, yeah, the note from Santa the and not note. the actual. Santa got in a wrestling match and lost at, a, you know, like a Target and like a Toys R Us. Sorry. Oh, oh that's actually not too far off. <laughs> the, the police m- might have been involved, but but Santa did try. Anyway. said like Zares or Sears or Ames? I believe it was the Saugus Child World, which is, uh, hasn't been around for a long, long time. But, yeah, that's uh, it's funny you said that because that's, that's pretty damn close. All right, so concludes 10 questions. Here's the headlines here with Jones and then back with your calls with Greg Bedard. Looking for wicked good gifts this holiday season and head down to Newberry Comics. They have thousands of gifts you won't find just anywhere from brands like Stranger Things, Star Wars, Naruto, Marvel, and Pokemon. Newberry Comics has something for everyone, including a huge selection of vinyl records, manga, anime, Funko Pop figures, Squishmallows, trading and gaming cards, K-pop, and so much more. Newberry Comics, wicked good gifts for the holidays. Newberry Comics for a wicked good time. Stuck in traffic? You've got Felger and Matt. I want to vomit. It's just hard figuring out which one is worse. I, I'm not ready to answer that question. Now more Felger and Mass. 98.5 The Sports Hub. From Jacoby Myers. Okay. Let's be, let, let's be clear. We appreciate the fact that he manned up, stood at the locker, answered the questions, accepted accountability. No doubt about that. Right? Mad love to him. I'm sure the future will be brighter. That might be the dumbest play we've seen in NFL history. And your name is written all over it. When we think about all-time bloopers, mm-hmm. you can come up with anything you want. You can come up with the butt fumble with Mark Sanchez. Yeah. You can come up with a few things. You can't come up with something dumber than what we saw yesterday. First of all, when it was lateral to you, you ran backwards. Then after you ran backwards, you threw the ball about 15 yards backwards even more. Okay, thirdly, you were targeting Matt Jones when you threw the football. Where was he running to? The always entertaining Stephen A. Smith of ESPN says the dumbest thing he's ever seen in his entire life. I'll tell you what, his last point there, I, I didn't put enough emphasis on yesterday when we were talking about it. Like... The person you're lateraling to is Mac Jones. Like, what? What are you doing? Yeah, right. Even if the thing's complete, even if Chandler Jones doesn't pick it off, what was he gonna do? Got a couple of segments left of Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal with your phone calls on that very uh, play uh, to end that game, the loss in Las Vegas on Sunday. Mary in Manchester. Hey, Mary. Hi, Jim. Hi, guys. So I just wanted to call and voice my outrage because I couldn't get through yesterday, and I just I couldn't believe I just couldn't believe what I was watching in that last play. And if I had to nickname it, I mean, this sounds kind of corny, but I would call it the Forrest Gump play because stupid is as stupid does. I just I couldn't I couldn't imagine anything more idiotic than that. But a little bit beyond that, I definitely think the season's over. I think we're all in agreement with that, and I think Belichick thinks 
the season's over. But when I saw him in his press conference, he was so defeated. And I found it interesting because I felt the same way when I saw him in week two and three. I think he's thought, you know, early on that this was this was a disaster. And all I can say is I think it's just total hubris on his part. Thanks, Mary, and uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas if we don't hear from you again. Is there any way – look, if they win these last three games, they – doesn't matter. Like no one, they don't have to wait on anyone else or see what anyone else does. They'd be in. Is there any chance you give them any shake that they could do that? No, <laughs> no, not, yeah, like not, not even, even remotely, not even a, a percentage of a chance. No, they're not winning all three. Like there is a world that exists where I could see them winning two out of three. Like I guess I could see them beating Miami straight up, and if the Bills lay down in, in week eighteen, the seventeenth game of the year, maybe, like maybe, I don't see them winning all three. There's no way, Mike, on that. Uh, that final disastrous play in Vegas. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, what's up, guys? How about the, um, the Myers meltdown? I don't know what Tommy from Lindsay's smoking, but he kept on saying Gronk was blocking when the miracle in Miami happened. I'm pretty sure he was on defense, wasn't he? Yes. He yes. Tackle maybe maybe Matt right. Gronk was blocked. But, yeah, that, so that play was about as bad as it got, I thought. Until this thing just trumps that a million times out of a million. And that year, too. So that was the the second of the losses. So they lose in Pittsburgh. Then they lose in Miami in the most ridiculous way possible. And I, that's why I thought, like, this thing is crashing to it. This is coming to a close here. This is like the yeah, end of Brady. I was on with you yes. over at the Garden after the Pittsburgh game. Gronk looked like a shell yeah, of himself. Yeah, I'm like, they're done. And then they never lost again and, and won a Super Bowl. And then they ended up winning a Super Bowl that year. But it, there's no kind of, like, that magic left with this team. It's just evident. Like, it's just, it's so different now. It's so broken and as evidenced on that thing you were talking about with Mac Jones when he's losing his mind, like that that whole sequence down at the end zone where they end up settling for a field goal, I just think sums it all up and how broken the offense is, Greg. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think, um, you know, everything's off the rail. And was Mary's point about who did she say that, like, looked checked out in, like, week two or three? Was that Bill. Mac? No, oh, Bill. Bill. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, you know, well, Bill, Bill saw practice just like I did, and he, he knows it didn't look good, but he figured – they'd get with the program at some point, or at least things would get a little bit better. Even I didn't think it would be this bad. But on some level, he's checked out, Bill. And it might even precede week two or three. Like, I mean, he's hiring his kids. He's hiring his buddies. They're not practicing as mm-hmm. much as they used to. Like, on some level, that that to me is, is an example of being checked out. I, do I think that Bill Belichick is coaching like he did, like, at age 50? Not even close. It's not. And the thing is, is like, because he's just wanted to be comfortable, you know, certain players, certain coaches, um, they need the great bill more than ever now. And now they, they have a lesser bill, which leads to a lesser product on the field. I mean, this team is, is undoubtedly, unless there's a miracle, is headed for its... Second losing season in three years. Anytime that microphone is pulled in front of the face of Jay Stu, I feel like that phone is buzzed. What do you got, Jimmy? Bill's been passive for more than a year now. Like, it's absurd. Matt Patricia comes back and he's signing paperwork. He's doing all this hands-on stuff. Bill is essentially like the CEO guy who's like, here's my money invested however you see fit. Here's, Here's what you're doing. Here's what you're doing. Do it. And if I have to overcome and come in and correct your mistake, that's what I'll do. But, hey, I'm boobs out in Barbados. The practice thing is what has me questioning what the hell's going on behind the scenes there because you mentioned it even in your email this morning greg and at one point you're you're yelling it in all caps and i'm with you because after especially this game watching it and how it week after week it's screen right screen left run for like a gain of two false start screen left screen right it all just are they practicing i feel like Mm -hmm. they're not even working on anything during the week that's the way it looked on film i mean the way they're running some of the routes and the way they're doing things they're just like does this team even practice anymore? Like, what are they doing? Because this is not an NFL product. It's not. Uh, Chad disagrees, though. Wants to uh, stick up for the Patriots coaching staff. Go ahead, Chad. Whoa. Hi, yes. Thanks, guys. If I could just have, like, a one-minute rant and want to keep going after the time, whatever. Um, but first off, I just want to say I believe the coaching of Bill Belichick specifically oh, sorry, um, is an issue, has been an issue since Cam Newton and drafting Jones. But this blame in the coaching for everything is like a mass media psychosis, you know, on the flip side, then Steve Belichick's the greatest coach for making Uche like greatest. But whatever. I think the media has emboldened players and created like a Frankenstein, talking back to the coaches. Like, that's terrible. But what are they doing? They're taking the personality of their quarterback. And you said earlier, Jones got no punishment. He got benched. 
and he got benched for Zappi. And that was a huge story because of his attitude mostly. And then everybody in the media, everybody in the fans all cried and yelled at Belichick. He's creating a quarterback controversy. So you embolden um, Jones. And it's re- ridiculous how they've been covering since spring tra- um, training camp. You know, Jones is two steps forward, two and a half steps back, backwards type of quarterback who wilts under pressure. And then he blames other people. Chad, I'm going to let you go on that. Gave you a minute. There is something to that I agree with, and I, I think I said just yesterday. I don't know. Between like Patricia and Mac, for me, like there's no winners. Like Matt Patricia is in a job that he shouldn't have, and I'm no real believer in Mac Jones, and I think that his antics are way out of control. So I don't know. Do I have to pick one? Like I don't like either of them. I think that they both stink. Uh, so I lean quarterback over coaching. And and I would use Zappy as an example. I would use uh, again. You know how Mac Jones has played when he's been in there as an example. Last game as an example. I lean quarterback over coaching. I, I I did not understand where that caller was going at first. I kind of agree with him. Like everything's about coaching. Like Bedard, I know you break it down a lot more than I do and look mm-hmm. at it much more closely. But everything is about coaching. Like at some point we got to blame the players. And I felt that way about Mac going back to last year. I felt that way about him. Well, I mean, you know, obviously I disagree with you on your, your Mac takes. I mean, I just don't think they're even close to reality. Well, I you think thought he was good on Sunday, so I would say we disagree. I did yes. not say he was good, <laughs> Felger Jr. I did not say he was good. I said he just wasn't terrible. Oh, he's uh, terrible. He, was not, he was not good enough. I had him for negative grade in this game. and uh, But, look, uh, you know, if certain things at the baseline are there, then I agree with you. But the thing is, is like there's no in football, you need a structure. You need some sort of competent scheme, plays, something, some sort of baseline. This is professional freaking football. And the Patriots are not a professional football team anymore. Not on offense, they're not. It's easier to do it's that just, when your quarterback just makes plays. And there's no quarterback that you could bring in that would make the Patriots a winning team this year. It's just not. No. Josh Allen? No. Come on. Maybe, maybe, maybe those they're guys. They're 500 with Matt. Yeah, but you're talking, t- take aside the, the greatest the talents, the yeah. freaks, okay? Right. Just put, put, no. Yes. No. Yes. They'd have like no. two more wins. No, that's over 500. No. Okay. <laughs> I agree. agree to, you don't need one. You bring in the 45-year-old quarterback you used to have. They're in the playoffs. Jeff in New Hampshire. This one's timely because she just called. I want to squeeze this in before the break. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, guys. Uh, so, yeah, um, who's got the better voice, Mary in Manchester or Lee in Quincy? Thanks. Uh, thanks, Jeff. I thought you were going to say, does is she is, is she an attractive woman? Because usually I get these tweets, and I yeah. can say yes that she is. She has showed up to the uh, the events we've done over at the Seaport Hotel. We raise money for Christmas in the City. Go to christmasinthecity.org. They'll always take your donations, and she's nice enough to show up with. Uh, she brings pies, delicious like baklava pies that are great. Oil, like she gives gift bags. Wonderful lady. But yes, quite fetching. So who's, what What you've pictured in your mind when she calls you, like, I, and I see your tweets, your creeps, and the email's like, yeah, she hot. What's she look like? Give me a 10-4 on this. Jim, let me, me tell you, up? her pie is outstanding. It is. That that baklava pie. I think it's like a baklava pie. They use oh, a, it's they, incredible. They use a Meyer lemon in that or no? They do. I'm never going to live that down, huh? I think they use a Meyer lemon <laughs> in the baklava. Should, should not have said that out loud. <laughs> who's Lee and Quincy, by the way? Uh, Caller to the caller to the midday show. Ah, oh, okay. Ah. Oh, I know who he. We've met her. She's gone to Beatles uh, holiday party in the past. Oh, I, yeah. She yeah. called in the one o'clock hour today. Okay. Yeah, my vote's Mary. I'm biased because she calls this show all the time. All right, one more segment. Oh, Lee, to... you're welcome to the show. A very nice woman. It as makes well. Tom Morgan jealous, if nothing else. <laughs> one more segment to go with your phone calls with Greg Goddard of Boston Sports Journal. We'll do that next. <laughs> Todd is in love. Sarah, I've never felt this way before. But he's about to find out that sometimes when you chase after love... I'm moving to Paris. You've got to step on the gas. Because this isn't your classic holiday rom-com. It's a Nissan event ad. Wait, what? Featuring a powerful performance by Nissan Rogue. Oh, come on, come on. Todd? I'm coming with you. Get a low $1.99 per month lease on Altima. Get your heart racing at Nissan's Thrill of the Drive event. Availability is limited. Shop at your local Nissan store or at NissanUSA.com. Don't let true love or these offers slip away. 
For well-qualified customers subject to NMAC credit approval, take from New Dealer Stock. See dealer for financing details. 24-24 initial payment for 18 months on 2023 Altima. Excludes tax title license and $650 acquisition fee. Disposition fee due at least end. Call 1-888-858-8319 for offer details. Ends 1-323. Org. These guys know how to connect with you about Boston sports. I don't give a rat's ass. Children Mass on 98.5, the sports hub. This isn't a situation to where they were losing, and that's the reason it's it, it's a dumb play and dumb decisions by the Patriots. It's, I, I, it's important for us to point out Jacoby Myers after the game handled this like an absolute like a pro. pro. He like he said, totally on me. I'm not blaming Ramondre for flattering. This was just a design run. I tried to do too much and go make a play. I think this is the broad example of I do not believe this is a very well-coached football team, Mm. certainly offensively in New England. I do think defensively, offensively, and I'm not saying this was a design or it's all on the coaches, but at some point when you look at the totality of the season, this is a poorly coached offensive unit. Dan Orlovsky on ESPN. Pointing out the obvious, poorly coached offensive unit. Yes, they are. No Greg Bedard agrees with that. Final segment with Bedard, Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal here with your phone calls. Here on Felger and Mattis. We'll go to uh, Ben in the car on Mac Jones. Go ahead, Ben. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hope you're doing well. One thing I would like to know, get your guys' opinion on is do you think Mac Jones thinks he deserves respect because of where he came playing out of? That's it. I'll let you guys talk. If not where he came playing out of, maybe the draft status. I mean, these guys do fancy themselves as brands pretty quickly. Like, is it just, is this today's entitled athlete? Is that maybe what we're seeing with Mac Jones a little bit? I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think that I think that Mac Jones, and, you know, he's not alone on this offense, um, looked at what they decided to do this year, and they didn't understand it from the start. Like, wait, why... Why are we changing the system that was working for us last year? And I'm not saying well, and it wasn't perfect. It's a rookie quarterback. I would never play a rookie quarterback in this league. I would sit him for a year. I don't think that they should be playing from the get-go or at least you know ride the bench to, to start um, their rookie campaign. Um, but no, I think, that, I think that what bothers Mac is that this is not a professional offense. It's not. They don't do they, – they, they, they haven't been able to protect him. They can't run the ball with consistency. They the, the the play calling approach is like stuff that I ridiculed. Um, who is the guy? Canada from uh, the Steelers. Matt Canada. That yeah, that that guy is a you know a disaster. And they went in that direction. And when they have an opportunity to actually make plays down the field against opponents like the Raiders, they chicken out and they don't do it. And then I think the 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 biggest indignity was against. The, the Bills, when they fell behind 17-7, and they just continued on with the same approach, that they said, well, we're not going to try to win the game anymore. We're just trying not to get blown out on national television. We don't want to get embarrassed again. So that's the goal. And I think that's when players really started to lose it. So you said he's not the only one questioning it on the team. Mm-hmm. Accurate. He's really the only one publicly reacting in that way on the field, right? I mean, Kendrick Bourne has questioned the coaches. I'm sure other players have questioned it. But, like, on the field, he's really the only one doing it. Do you think every quarterback would react the same as Mac Jones? No. I think that, I think that this is, so this why, is part so, of who he is. So why, though? Like, what what is that? If it's not a pampered, spoiled athlete, why, why is Mac reacting this way where others may not? Like, what is it? Yeah, about? I mean, I think it's his makeup. I think it's his, you know, a little bit of being a tennis brat and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe his uh, parents didn't check him. I mean, you know, look. When I used to coach uh, travel softball, I used to have a no tantrum policy on my scroll, uh, with my fast pitch softball teams. If you if you you know acted out, if you started to tear up, you Bench. had to sit the next inning. Nice, yeah. And the girls, like the oh, girls like a understood. Regular Tom Hanks over there. I didn't you know, realize that. Yeah. I'd go up to him. I'd be like, you know, yeah. Katie, you know, you you got upset. I got to sit you in the next inning. And she's yeah. just like, yeah, I understand. They knew the rules. Sorry, Madonna. Sorry, Rosie. You guys are out. The heavy hand of Coach Bedard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jerry in Haverhill. Jerry. Gotta have a code. Hello. Go ahead, Jerry. Jerry's not ready. Pete and Lowell, you're next. Hey, so a couple quick questions. Uh, Perry was talking about um, how you can't divorce the mechanics from the play of the players and the coaching from it. Like, 
they've had these this coaching since the spring. So anything that they're missing, like uh, Greg saying the tight routes outside, anything like that is based purely on the training camp, on the practices, like you guys were saying. And another question, um, historically, do GMs typically pick the OC and DC and like quarterback coaches, or is that all just head coach uh, on other teams? A, like, a vast majority of the time, the head coach gets to hire their own staff. You know, there will be times where a strong GM that that's running the organization will st- will be like, "This isn't working. You need to you need to interview new offensive coordinators. I want to be in on these interviews, and I'm going to tell you to hire." That normally doesn't go well. All right, Greg, you think uh, Burrow and the Bengals come in here smelling blood Saturday? Uh, I, I would think that the Patriots have a better chance now that they came back against the Bucks. I mean, I never like to face a team off a off a loss. Um, sort of. Did the Bills lose coming into that game? And there was a recent opponent that I was like, oh, that's not well, good for the Minnesota, Patriots. Minnesota, Minnesota got smoked. Minnesota, yeah. that was the one. And, um, you know, so I, I do think that the Bengals play a little bit loosey-goosey and, you know, they don't have the greatest offensive line in the world, and they have some issues. It seems like their their wide receivers are always questionable every single week. Um, and I wouldn't say the defense is gangbusters, but, yeah, all things being equal. I mean, I the only way in my mind that the Patriots win any of these final three games is if the other team completely vomits on itself and, and gives the game to the Patriots. That's the only way. Any holiday deals going on at Boston Sports Journal? Uh, you know, gift subscriptions are uh, a, a great thing to give out. Literally takes like 30 seconds, and you can fire off an email. You're done with your Boston sports fan in your life. And BSJ members, i got to put it up, I think, tonight. BSJ members get a discount on that, so members can bring their buddies along. Well, I will talk to you in the post game Saturday night. Otherwise, I wish you uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and yours. Sounds good. Even uh, Jones, too. I'm, I, I'm a, half surprised I made it through. I was going to say, Happy Holidays, Greg. I hope the Jonesoscopy or whatever you called <laughs> yes. it wasn't, wasn't too bad. It seemed pretty mild. Now, I'll be walking a little difficult on the way out of here, but it wasn't as bad as normal. Good. All right, bud. And I don't know if you're in. I don't know who you're in with next next week if you're doing a Big Boy Tuesday. But I know it ain't me. So. I think I should do it solo. I'm yeah. the captain yeah. now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Again, uh, subscribe bostonsportsjournal.com or give it as a gift this holiday season. As we bid adieu to uh, Greg, uh, I think it's time to focus on some of the other teams in town. We've done six straight hours on the Patriots uh, with this loss in Las Vegas. The Myers lemon play, boo, Jim, boo, terrible. Yeah, shouldn't even have said it out loud. Diarrhea in the desert. I think is what we're going with. So let's focus on the other teams that have skated and stayed in the shadows these last few days. They've been thankful for that disaster in Las Vegas. We'll start with the Celtics. We'll do that next after the headlines with Adam Jones. Wings stops doing what they do best, taking flavor to the next level. So when chicken sandwiches only came as spicy and plain, Wings Stop said, "Nah, make it twelve flavors." Lemon pepper chicken sandwich, OG hot, mango habanero. You get the picture? Every famous Wingstop flavor. Now on a new Wingstop chicken sandwich. Try all 12 and find your favorite at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Huh. Are you ready for this? Do, 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 do. This is Felder and Matt. Oh, Stupid, my uh, God. Uh, uh, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5, the Sports Hub. Again, from the Town Fair Tire Studio, Felder and Naz, 98.5, the Sports Hub, simulcast NBC Sports Boston, courtesy of presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. As I mentioned before, the headlines with Jones, I mean, we've done six straight hours on the Patriots and this disaster of a loss in Las Vegas. Some other teams, I think, have really skated here these last couple of days. One team, I, I mean, the team we're going to talk about here, I, th- I frankly think it's like real lucky that, that the Patriots had that kind of loss on Sunday because otherwise the crosshairs would be right on. Your Boston Celtics, who have now lost for the fourth time in five games, and these last two, I'm sorry. I know you have a young, frisky Orlando Magic team with size. Maybe that's one of the reasons they ended up kind of rushing back Robert Williams, which I think is what that was. Kind of a, I didn't want to see him until Christmas. That was the line of demarcation for me, Jones. But they lose these two home games against Orlando. I don't know which was more embarrassing of the two. I, I will admit because you know we're talking you know Sunday football. It's when the Pats Raiders game is on. 
I watched Sunday's game in spurts initially, caught up with it DVR. Friday, I watched it real time. Friday was as bad as bad could be. So fr- Friday, I was here. I watched Friday. I'll admit, I didn't see any of Sunday. But I, I watched on Friday night, and it was awful. It was horrendous, and that was at full strength. That's not like you had the we-didn't-have-Tatum excuse. Yeah. That was at full strength. Full st- Al Horford back, Time Lord back, everybody. Full strength, and they lost their minds. They they completely lost their minds. Al Horford, you know, the adult in the room, the voice of reason, yeah. ends up getting fined twenty five grand for a... Uh, and if you wanted to say this was a fan, an errant elbow, he 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 hauled off and elbowed uh, Mo Wagner right in the jimmy. Take that, German. Ah! <laughs> And then, you know, the thing that I thought was even underrated of them losing their minds, that that with that particular play, how they played, the shooting woes, and maybe that's more about a regression into the mean. We can get into that. But not long after that play, when shots aren't dropping, Marcus Smart, of all people, had to be the voice of reason. You were there that night, Chase, too. I saw, in your, I saw your photo on the Jumbotron. Didn't look like you had the floor seats. I don't know if they, they starting to hear some of your takes. They say no, 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 <laughs> no. You, know, you, you were someone's plus one. I'm I guessing. was someone's plus one. There it is. Ah. <laughs> that makes sense. I was sense. a source's plus one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, Marcus Smart had to gather the troops. And basically, Marcus Smart had to be the one to say, guys, can we calm down here? We're playing like a bunch of a-holes. He is your captain. And then they, they flashed to Jason Tatum, who kind of like, I, I, I'm a decent enough lip reader. He said, like, we're effing fine as he's, like, walking back. And it's like, ooh, oh, what is this? This is, this is the team I thought you weren't anymore. This is the team I thought you haven't been since, well, this time last year when, you know, we're running ads like, please buy tickets. Like, people are finding them unwatchable. That's where we were at this point last year. And then, of course, they flipped the switch in January. Whatever the hell happened there, they end up going to the finals, blah, blah, blah. We know that. But they, I think, Jones, they've been in a bad way for a week in terms of attitude, how they look. Jason Tatum, personal day, but then there's Snapchat video of him celebrating Deuce's birthday. Do we know whether or not that was the Saturday or the Sunday, Jimmy? I believe that was the Saturday that was the party for Deuce. Huh. But I bet, I'm willing to guess, that this was a scheduled day off for Jason Tatum thinking that, well, Orlando we don't at the time has eight wins on the season. We should be fine. They had and one win on the road. didn't take the day back. They had one win on the road before they beat the Celtics on Friday. They now have three after beating the Celtics twice on the road. So I, I understand that. Must have been some party for Deuce, by the way, if he's still if he's still out on Sunday. Lord but knows I, you can't find the time for him. Well, you know, And i got to be delicate here because it is a young child and whatnot, but I've said my piece on this. Put that kid to bed. But he's up at all hours. You know, you could maybe have the party, oh, I don't know, after Friday night. Yeah, game. sure. Take him to the seaport. You know, <laughs> these are wild times we're living in. I don't think the seaport is appropriate for Deuce. Ah, maybe they'll show at Roadrunner or something like that. Get a private room. Yeah. Either way, I think starting with that horrific loss to the Golden State Warriors, where they looked exactly like the team that lost to the Warriors in the finals last year, they've been in a bad way. I will give credit where it's due. I thought that was a nice comeback against the Lakers, a game that they shouldn't have had to come back in, granted. Um, Yeah, I don't give them a lot of credit for that game. That was a meltdown that they they, they lucked out in. Tatum was really good late in the the overtime. But be that as it may, they've had a bad week and a half. Can we agree on that? Yes. Yes. Uh, and I, I agree with you. This is actually something my producer at night, Jeremy Conley, said. The Warriors broke them again. That's what happened. The Warriors got in their heads again. They did it last year in the NBA Finals. They did it again. They've lost four out of five since they separated from the pack. I think you were out this day, Jim. I was in with Mike and Tony last week. And we're all like, if the Celtics keep playing like this, they're not just one of the teams that can win a title. They're not on a tier with... Milwaukee, and I don't even know who out West. Golden State, if you believe in like the New Orleans and Memphises of the world, like we were just talking about, who's even on that tier, and can the Celtics be on their own tier? I think Tim Legler said they've separated from everybody else. Well, then they went into Golden State, crapped themselves, had a lifeless effort against the Clippers, lucked out against the Lakers, and have lost two straight against the Magic. Like, I think the Warriors broke them again. And some of it is, I think, regression to the mean. Like, they just were not... Sorry, Grandy and everybody else, they're not the greatest offense in the history of the sport. They were for the first 22 games. Yeah, it's 22 games. Unfortunately, all the other teams in NBA history have to play 82. And the last eight, they've been the worst. They all have to play a full season. So the Celtics had a great 20-game run. Sound familiar, Bruins? You're on a nice little hot streak. 22 games. You're on a nice little hot streak. You were the greatest offense ever. What do you think? Do you think, really, that a team with Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, those two hacks is one of the greatest offenses in the history of the sport. Like, do people really believe that? Do people really think that? Facts are facts. So here's how they've shot. 
Here's how they've shot in the five games since from three. They are 63 for 220. Oof. That's a 286 three-point percentage over the last five games. They're not obviously great. not that bad. They're a good team. They're one of the best teams in the league. They're a team that can win a championship. But they're not as good offensively as they showed. And, Jim, to your point, their attitude is the thing that can get in the way. It got in the way last year in the NBA Finals. I think they're in their own heads because the Warriors punked them again. And that's what can get in between them and a championship. It's not their talent. You know, I don't think they were ever as good offensively as they were showing, but they're very, very talented. It's not their talent. It's their head. It's their attitude. It's their whole approach. That's what can get thrown off, and that's what's thrown off with them right now. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the numbers were bound to come down. Jimmy, you were there again Friday night. The, they, the shooting Friday night was atrocious. 5 of 27, wide open threes. And the thing is, Friday, they Jimmy, you know this, they started hot. They yeah. made like... Six out of ten or four out of six or whatever it was to start the game, they started hot and then just fell apart. Eight of forty one on open or wide open shots. Like like so there was They just a- started missing shots and missing three point shots and they can't go inside inside because as Tim McCone and I talked about on Friday, Orlando has massive size and so you go you go in the paint and it's just gonna get swatted away. So you have to keep shooting threes. By the way, just on them real quick. That's a fun, frisky little team. It There's is. some nice young players there, some nice young talent. Even Markel Fultz actually looks like a decent enough player right yep. now. Like They look like they could be a pain in the ass to someone in the play-in tournament if they happen to get there. So, But they're a few year, uh, way, years away. I mean, we're not here to talk about the Magic. This is more about the Celtics. But, but there were two big plays, speaking about the Celtics and Markel Fultz. Back-to-back games, Markel Fultz got offensive rebounds against Rob Williams, who looked very timid and was almost playing whether he wasn't fully healthy, whether he was rushed back, or whether he was in foul trouble. There's something not 100% about Rob Williams. So I have a concern that they brought Rob Williams back too soon. Thank you. You know, I actually thought he looked all right Friday night and was one of the you know the stars, stars of the game in a loss. But I just hated that it felt like they were rushing him back because they were going to be playing a team with size. Uh, I didn't like how he looked in some of the practice videos leading into that game. McCone said it looked like he was like on one leg or like he was like on a stilt, like one, you know, one leg wasn't moving correctly. The one he's had that surgery on in his knee. So, but you bring back Rob Williams and you're losing offensive rebounds yeah. in key situations to Markel Fultz makes no sense. I will say that just my eyeball test. I thought watching Friday, you know, it's bound to happen. He's been you know on the couch rehabbing here. Looked a little thick, like the neck specifically. And I'm one to talk, but I don't know if he's in the best shape right now. Just, just the whole th- I, like I, I'm with you, Jimmy. Like I think they've rushed him back. But it, overall, my concern with them has been this concern I've had with them for going on years, like three years now. It's their attitude, and they, that reared its ugly head in this past week. And maybe you know Jeremy Conley at night is right. Like maybe the Warriors just broke them again. Well, and you know the Missoula factor here is interesting too because I've been saying for a while, like how do you, how do you know what he is as a coach until? they go through some real adversity. And, like, look, they had the Rob Williams injury. It's enough adversity to replace a coach who was – but I'm talking about on court, like, a losing streak. I guess they had one early in the year. They dropped three out of four or whatever it was. This is a big stretch now. This is a big stretch to see how quickly they pull out of it, how quickly it lingers. Is there finger pointing? Are guys fighting with one another? Do you have a Mac Jones on the team who's, like, you know, waving off the coaches? Like, all that stuff. This is a big stretch for him. Like, can he can he prevent this from snowballing? A- after the start of the year last year for Udoka, he did a great job at that. Let's see if M- Missoula can do the same. And then, you know, just how the league runs. Okay, so it's Friday night, lesser team in town. You've been on a long road trip. You probably had Seaport doing on the mind. I get it. So you lose that one. Same team you're facing on home court a couple of days later, you're going to beat them by 30. That They lost that one, too. It's like, oh, okay. Maybe there's something going on here. Yeah, and you know? look, that was no Tatum. So on some level, I I get it. But on the other level, it's the magic. And you're right. They should have had their attention. You should be able to beat Orlando without Jason Tatum. You should be. Who's who's better than Jalen Brown on that team? And no Tatum. Nobody. Because why now? Yeah, like, good question. All right, like, like look, birth. I'm not going to pull a mic here. Like, having a birth, got to take the time off. I get it. Uh, death, great. Was it because of the kid's birthday that you, like, I don't know. Took the train down to like FAO Schwartz in New York or whatever. Like, uh, huh? Scheduled day off. I'm guessing from like two weeks ago, and okay, they just but, never rescinded. But it. why not give him a day off on a back to back? And I get it. It's the magic, and they stink, and like you know whatever. You can probably beat them without Tatum. <clears throat> Turns out you can't. 
But like I, I would have given him a day off on a back to back. That seems like the time to do it. These weren't back to back games. But the Celtics are too old to give him a day off on a back to back because Horford's not playing back to back. He just got him, Rob Williams. Give him back. the front end off. Like give it. You know what I mean? He takes the first game and Horford and Williams take the next. Like there's a way to do that. Well, something else about that uh, that particular player MVP MVP that I absolutely he's still the league MVP. Jim he is he is the, the prohibitive favorite. He probably should win it if he stays on track like this. I definitely hated what he had to say after Friday's loss about Al Horford getting ejected. We'll get to that. Uh, if you have any thoughts about the Celtics being swept at home at the by the hands of the mighty Orlando Magic, who had come into Friday night's game, by the way, with one win on the road this year. Now they have two more, thanks to you. Your thoughts on that, 617-779-0985. Felger and Mads on 98.5 The Sports Hub and streaming anywhere you go, 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 go on the go, Sports Hub app. Hello, once again, Big Jim Murray here for my friends at Northeast Men's Health. You know, the holidays, they're a time of love. Some might call it the doing season. That's what I try to tell my wife. She's like, all right, get off me. Uh, but if you suffer from erectile dysfunction, what should be a wonderful time of year could also be a time of disappointment and frustration. Not just because you're a pain in the ass like me, but if you and your partner are feeling the pain of a relationship affected by erectile dysfunction, maybe the best gift you can give to the one you love to get treated at Northeast Men's Health. Give the one that you love a truly special gift this season, treating your ED. Now, that should be at the top of your list. They have an expert staff, and if you're like a lot of guys, you could be having sex the day after your very first appointment at Northeast Men's Health. Now, a treatment plan they put you on could involve a variety of treatments to have you performing like you haven't in years. That's a long way of saying, like, well, you know, maybe you're hearing this, like, well, I've tried the pills, and, like, they don't work, or they give me a headache. Well, this is why you go talk to someone at Northeast Men's Health. They'll find something that works for you. See an expert today. They'll get a program together for you. You get a consultation, PSA and T test. And if medically advised, you get a test dose. And if the test dose doesn't work in the office, your visit is going to be free. So give your partner the gift of restored intimacy this season. Four locations to serve you at Northeast Men's Health, by the way. Salem, New Hampshire, Marlboro, Mass, Dedham, Mass, and their brand new office in Woburn. And that Woburn location has appointments starting at 7 a.m., but that's only in Woburn. Call them at 617-793-5000 or go to northeastmenshealth.com, 617-793-5000 or northeastmenshealth.com. Hear that music? It can only mean breakfast bagels are back at McDonald's. Imagine a fluffy egg, two slices of cheese, plus your choice of a steak patty, bacon, or sausage, all in a toasted bagel. That's right, the steak, egg, and cheese bagel, bacon, egg, and cheese bagel, and sausage, egg, and cheese bagels are all back, but only for a limited time at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary.